What a Woman Ought to Know by Mary Wood Allen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Requisites of a Husband Having spent so much time in the study of principles and laws, we will now return to the discussion of this concrete case. What can you decide in regard to this individual young man to whom you think you have given your heart? What is he in his inheritance? What is he in himself? I do not ask that he shall have inherited wealth, for that often proves a young man's ruin. But does he come of an honest, industrious family? Have you just reason to suppose that he will make a fair success of life? Is his father shiftless, lazy, improvident? If so, it will be harder for him to be provident, businesslike. Has he true ideas of the dignity of life and his own responsibility? Is he looking for an easy job, or does he purpose to give a fair equivalent for all that he receives? Would he rather toil at honest manual labor than be supported by a rich father-in-law? What are his ideas as to his responsibility in the founding of a home? How will he look upon his wife? As an equal, a companion, or as a plaything, a petted child, or a sort of upper servant? What value does he put upon the wife's labor in the conducting of the household? Will he consider that the money he hands over to her is a gift from him, or only a fair recognition of the value of her work, a rendering to her of her share in the family purse? What is his estimate of woman? Is she an individual with rights, with intellect and heart, with a judgment to be consulted, opinions worthy of recognition, or only an appendage to man, created for his comfort, and to be held in her sphere by his will? What are his defects of temper, or his weaknesses of body? Of course, to you now he seems perfection, and yet he is a human being, fallible and imperfect. If his faults are similar to yours, you double the possibility of their inheritance by your children. If you both have a tendency to lung trouble, the probabilities are that your children will have consumption. If you are both of rheumatic proclivities, you may expect a manifestation of the same early in the life of your children. If you are both nervous or irritable in temper, both jealously inclined or are morbid and melancholy, you need not be surprised at an intensifying of these qualities in your little ones. If there are more serious family traits, such as insanity, epilepsy, alcoholism, and the like, it might even be your duty never to run the risk of their transmission. I once spoke on heredity when in the audience sat a young man by the side of his fiancée, who, I was afterwards told, had been in an insane asylum three times, and yet he purposed marrying her. I know a clergyman who has wisely dedicated himself to a celibate life because there is marked insanity in his family. You chafe a little under this reiteration of the duty you owe to children yet unborn, and who may possibly never exist. And perhaps you say, as I have heard girls say, oh, I don't mean to have any children. And perhaps you add, I don't see why people may not marry and be happy just by themselves without having children. It is not strange that you should not understand all that is involved in such a statement. It is true that some married people do not have children and are comparatively happy, and yet perhaps if we could read their hearts, we should find that the one great longing of their lives is for the blessing of a child. 
it is natural to desire to know the joys of parenthood in the home through the cares and love the anxiety self-sacrifice tenderness and patience which accompany parenthood the education of the individual is made most complete and perfect the girl who marries without a willingness to accept these responsibilities is willing to sacrifice that which rightly born will bring her the highest development if she purposes deliberately to avoid motherhood she puts herself in a position of moral peril for such immunity is not often secured except at the risk of criminality i say not often although i believe that if husband and wife are actuated by the worthy motive of not inflicting on posterity some dower of woe they are justified in a marriage that does not contemplate parenthood if they are of lofty purpose enough to live solely mental and spiritual companionship but all attempts to secure the pleasure of a physical relation and escape its legitimate results are a menace to the health and a degradation to the moral nature this subject and the question arising therefrom will be discussed more fully in the next book of this series what a young wife ought to know but how is a girl to know all these things concerning her lover's ideas thoughts principles and purposes many of these you think cannot be known until after marriage and then it is too late that is true therefore be wise and learn all you can of each other's habits peculiarities opinions and predilections now before it is too late talk over business matters find out what your lover's ideas are as to the wife's right to a pecuniary recognition of the value of her labor in making the home does he think that she earns nothing and that what he gives her of his money is a donation for which she gives no return i know a young woman who had been self-supporting before marriage who felt timid about asking her husband for money so she wore her wedding garments until they were shabby went without money when her own funds were exhausted and kept silent for five years and her husband a young clergyman never thought to ask her if she needed anything never observed her growing shabbiness when at last she summoned courage to tell him her needs he was overwhelmed with regret for his own lack of thought and observation and yet he could not understand why she should hesitate to ask him for money why it is all yours dear he said you were only asking for what already belongs to you and many young husbands are just as obtuse therefore they should receive in advance the instruction that is needed to prevent a possibility of such neglect have it understood that if you are worthy to be trusted as a bearer of the name and a sharer of the fortunes of a man you are worthy to share also the burden of the knowledge of his business experiences and to bear the responsibility of economically guarding his interests in the expenditure of money which by your love and care and labor you have helped him to earn i think a young woman should know something of the personal habits of her future husband does he like fresh air or does he want the windows hermetically sealed at night is he a believer in the godliness of cleanliness i have just read of two people who married after six weeks acquaintance knowing nothing of each other's antecedents personal habits caprices or principles the man proved to be a regular hypochondriac taking medicine constantly at one time with five doctors prescribing for him he counted his pulse at every odd moment and looked at his tongue instead of at the eyes of his wife as he had done when a lover he had a dread of pure air and was as averse to bathing as a cat the woman had lived in the open air taken a daily morning bath 
and was disgusted with those who did not do likewise the writer says she stormed took her baths and opened the windows he cried took no baths shut the windows and called the doctors there is no need to depict the unhappiness of the home and yet no doubt the girl would have been shocked had anyone suggested that she inquire into these facts concerning her lover but if she had been less romantic and more practical if she had remembered that the marriage contract would bind her for life to one who would be more closely connected with her than anyone else could be and this union for life by day and by night constant continuous and not to be annulled by any such small matters as bad breath or unpleasant personal habits perhaps she would have considered it no small matter to discover the possible causes of disgust before they became fixtures in her life and perhaps also she would have given her own personal habits more consideration true love will endure much but it sometimes dies in the presence of untidiness of carelessness as to dress or room or lack of sweetness of person or of breath if you demand much of a husband he has a right to demand just as much from you if there are habits concerning which you would rather he as a lover should be ignorant believe me that it is even important that as a husband he should not know them therefore employ your available time before marriage to rid yourself of them if a lover would be disenchanted to see the room from which his blooming beauteous adored one had departed bearing the marks of carelessness and disorder with soiled clothing unmade bed shoes hose and dresses all in tumbled heaps on chairs and floor remember that the marriage ceremony does not make such a room more attractive to the husband who must not only see but share its discomforts in addition to the knowledge of each other's personal peculiarities there should be an understanding of each other's ideas as to the duties and responsibilities of their proposed relation to each other i lately received a letter from a young woman who asks how freely do you think two engaged young people may talk concerning their future life would it not be indelicate for them to discuss their future relations the possibility and responsibilities of parenthood etc i answer that depends on the young people if they have false ideas if they have little or no scientific knowledge if their thoughts are filled with wrong mental pictures they will not know how to talk wisely and beneficially but these two young people are intelligent are scientifically educated are christians their hearts are pure their standards high their motives praiseworthy it would seem that they might talk as freely as their inclination would prompt in fact there seems to me more indelicacy and more danger from long evenings spent in murmuring ardent protestations of love and indulging in embraces and endearments than in a frank serious conversation on the realities and responsibilities of marriage an exchange of earnest thoughts voiced in chaste well-chosen language a conversation which by its very solemnity is lifted out of the realm of sense pleasure into the dignified domain of science and morality end of what a woman ought to know by mary wood allen